Well, that's Europe and Final Countdown, and welcome to the WNC Wrestling Podcast. My name is Bob Jackson, um, and today I'm going to count down um, top five lists. So our first top five list is out of NCAA championship teams. Number five, Oklahoma Sooners have seven championships. Number four, your Iowa State Cyclones have eight championships. Number three, Penn State Nittany Lions have nine championships. Number two, the Iowa Hawkeyes have 23 championships. And your number one NCAA team so far is Oklahoma State Cowboys with 34 NCAA championships. Uh, next, our U.S. Olympic and World Medalists. Number five, Kyle Snyder has four. Number four, John Smith has six. They happen to all six be golds. Number three, Dave Schultz with seven. Number two, Jordan Burroughs with eight. And number one, Bruce Bumgarner with an unbelievable 13 world and Olympic medals. And lastly, your top five countries um, throughout the years of wrestling. Number five, Japan. Number four, Iran. Number three, Turkey. Number two, the USA, and number one, Russia. I'm here live at the Falcon Frenzy and with Jeff Smith. Um, Jeff, thank you for being with me for a second here. I know it's a busy day with the tournament going. My first question for you is uh, when, why, and how did you get involved with wrestling? <laughs> when, why, and how? Wow. Um, yeah, I started wrestling, I mean, myself back in middle school. Um, and I think basically the only reason I got started at that time is my brother had wrestled. So I just stepped out, gave it a shot, and kind of fell in love with it. Um, fit my personality and just loved everything about it as far as, you know, the toughness of it, um, you know, the, the skill level, the difficulty, the challenges, that kind of thing. And I've, I've been in it ever since. Great. And uh, we are live at the Falcon Frenzy, so you will hear some background noise here. Um, so, Jeff, tell us when this tournament got started and a little bit about um, its growth. So, I started coaching up in Ohio um, for four years, and my first year out of college, I inherited a tournament that had been established at that time. And so, when I moved down to North Carolina and did some coaching stints and then ended up with West Henderson, and uh, inherited a program that was kind of down. Uh, I think we had nine wrestlers the year before I stepped in. And um, we needed some finances. Uh, I started brainstorming a little bit. Wanted to create a tournament, but you had to, once you're coming into a new situation, you got to find the weekend and you got to find, build relationships with other coaches and teams in order for that. So I spent a couple of years kind of building up our program found an open weekend that we could start a tournament, started off kind of small and then kind of built it up from there. Um, so we started the Falcon in 1995 um, and so it's been around for 25 years. Um, it's evolved and grown and taken some different forms but uh, we're at the point now where we typically have about 30 to 31 teams um, and then I, I Notice the need for us because of the number of athletes we had. Nobody was doing anything for JVs. The younger kids were not getting to wrestle, and so everybody had varsity teams. And when you made the varsity team, the other ones saw they couldn't start, so a lot of them quit. 
Um, and so I created a format to where, and one of the things we wanted to do with the Falcon was show other coaches, you know, across West North Carolina, across the state, and develop a tournament where you bring every single kid you have, and they can wrestle that day, and then it's a no-brainer. And when we started doing that, we started getting a waiting list to try and get in here. And so we created this format where we got the varsity kids wrestling on Friday night and finishing up on Saturday, and then we had an empty gym sitting over there that we can fill it up with JV kids. And now with the involvement of women's wrestling, you know, this is the first year that we're off in a, a, a small women's tournament as well and kind of blending it into the mix to help promote that end of the sport as well. Um, and so once we started doing that, it started expanding to other schools and created more opportunities for our kids not only to wrestle in our tournament, now we have other tournaments that do a similar type of uh, event. And it's been awesome and it helps grow the sport and helps keep the numbers out, which is what we all need. Well, great. Well, you answered a lot of my follow-up questions with that. Uh, one other question, a um, couple unique things that I also see. We have teams from out of state, out of just not Western North Carolina, but out of state. And also maybe you can tell us about the unique match you have. Um, we, yeah, when we created the tournament, too, one of the things, because we, I always traveled. We went everywhere. Um, we went South Carolina, Tennessee, um, you know, we travel all the way to, to Chapel Hill and to Raleigh to wrestle and that kind of thing. And, and trying to get our kids a variety of matches, trying to put them in situations when they go to the state tournament and they go to regionals, they got to spend a night in a hotel, they got to travel, they got to be able to function the next day. Um, but more importantly, getting that, that varied competition keeps our kids excited. Uh, it's a challenge for coaches. And we wanted to create that atmosphere here in Western North Carolina. And because of our great proximity, um, you know, we're two hours from Knoxville, we're, you know, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and, and Greenville is very close. Um, and so our little area, everybody's willing to travel within a two-hour drive. And when we create a great event and you run a really professionally smooth running tournament, people want to come back in here to make that. And as far as the mat goes, I want to, again, create a special atmosphere here for the Frenzy and also for our wrestlers and fans when they come to a dual match. Uh, we want to kind of create that gladiator atmosphere. And by doing that, you know, the colleges, a lot of the colleges have a 50-foot circle on their mats. I wanted a 50-foot circle, but unfortunately our gym wasn't big enough. So we did the next best thing. Uh, I was a drafting teacher, so, you know, got on the computer, laid out exactly what we need to fit in our gym. And so we have a 46-foot circle. Um, and so it's one of the largest mats in the country in high school. Uh, makes it for a really exciting atmosphere going into our finals, especially when we turn the mat lamp on. It's just really a great atmosphere. And what you'll hear from the younger kids when they come over from the JV tournament, it's like, I want to be under that mat lamp. I want to be there for the finals. And they just get really excited about that situation. And that's, what, that's the atmosphere we want to create. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. I know you have a, a, a lot going on running this, so um, thanks so much, and uh, thanks for all you do for Western North Carolina. I appreciate it. Thank you. Today's Olympic spotlight is 1984 gold medalist Randy Lewis. In addition to being a great wrestler, Randy Lewis was an excellent storyteller. One of his great stories involves competing in his first state wrestling tournament at age 12. Lewis grew up in the shadows of Mount Rushmore in Rapid City, South Dakota. He made it to the state wrestling tournament, but he was intimidated by the thought of going up against the best wrestlers in the state. Lewis recalls, 
My dad told me not to think of it as the best kid in the state. He said, what if they were from Rapid City? What if they went to Meadowbrook grade school? What if they lived right next door to us? If you couldn't beat them, then you wouldn't be the Meadowbrook school champion and you wouldn't be the toughest kid on your own block. Check out the University of Iowa Stars full article called The Toughest Kid on the Block by Googling it online. It's now time for our overtime segment featuring two old washed up wrestlers debating current topics in wrestling. Myself and Dan Ornato will debate Matt Side Wayans. The concept of Matt Side Wayans would be that the weigh-in would take place immediately before the wrestlers step on the mat. So they would be dressed in singlet, headgear, wrestling shoes. They walk up and check into the head table. Then they immediately step on the scale, have to make weight in full uniform. Once they make weight, they step right on the mat to wrestle. Ah, right, Dan, you're first. What's your thought on Matt Side weigh-ins? Bob, Matt Side weigh-ins are a bad call, a bad decision. I don't think they should be part of our sport. Number one, it's a health issue, and it uh, promotes injury to uh, to the wrestling athletes. Uh, they get too tired to wrestle. Uh, they're sweaty. All that stuff comes into play. Uh, it's it's. I think the body needs time to recover. Okay, and just like we always said as we were growing up, the first match we have is a scale, and that match being the first match, we got to overcome that. But our body has to recover before we can go on and continue wrestling and, and put up a good thing. The last thing I'd like to see is to come out to a meet that's a big match and a big meet to see two big wrestlers and all of a sudden that mad side weigh-ins, guess what? One didn't make weight. Oh my God, how can that happen? Like that? And all of a sudden the whole mat is, is, is match is all uh, gone by. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible idea to have mad side weigh-ins. Ah, Dan, I disagree. I totally am in favor of Matt Side Wayans, and here's why. Number one, it assures that each wrestler is of equal weights when they step on the mat. It takes away that opportunity for someone to really dehydrate themselves, then have an hour in today's rules, or it used to be five hours even night before weigh-ins, to rehydrate, be five, ten pounds above the weight class when they wrestled. That would be no more. Um, Really, secondly, this takes extreme weight cutting out of the sport. Um, so that thing that keeps parents from maybe wanting their child to wrestle, it um, gets the media off our back. It would take extreme weight cutting out of the sport for good. There is no way you can be dehydrated and then wrestle your best. So, so each wrestler would have to limit the weight cutting they did before wrestling. And then lastly, it, it sort of puts that show element that uh, the UFC has, um, and that wouldn't be a bad thing for the sport either. So I am for Matt Side Wayans. Thank you for listening, and check us out on reachingbear.com and on Facebook at Facebook slash WNC Wrestling. Ah, Dan, how much do you feed a horse that you want to get a full day's work out of? Just enough so he knows he's hungry.